Well, hey there, it's Brad from the Casual Podcast with Brad and Brian. Thanks for uh, checking back in with us. We took a short little break for the holidays, but we are back with a great interview coming up here in just a few short minutes. But uh, before we get to Bruce Buffer, I got to give a big shout out to Town Nissan, who is our sponsor. And if one of your goals is to get a new car for the new year, this is the time to check out Town Nissan because right now they have 0% financing on the all-wheel drive 2020 Nissan Altima for up to 60 months. And, you know, if you don't want that new Nissan Altima, which you should because it's a fantastic car, uh, they do have other rebates on uh, other Nissan vehicles up to $4,500. That's right, $4,500 you could be getting off a brand new car over there at Town Nissan. And if you are in the market for a new car, the best thing to do is stay local so you know where your car is coming from and you'll know the entire history of it. And there's no better place to get a car than Town Nissan over in East Wenatchee, right behind Costco. So remember, when you're looking for your next new or used vehicle, stop by Town Nissan and they'll make you feel right at home. Well, here we are, episode four of the Casual Podcast. We've made it to four. Yeah, man. They're, they're still letting us come in the door. Yeah, they haven't uh, hadn't told us not to yet, but uh, maybe that's because we've done some pretty good interviews, I yeah. feel like. Yeah. Yeah, pretty, pretty good spectrum of people. Yeah. I mean, we've had two UFC people, but yeah. I mean- Kind of coincidence, but- But totally different paths yes. and totally different stories. Yeah. So yeah, it's completely uh, different story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one had it pretty easy. One maybe not so much. Yeah. So our guest today, Bruce Buffer, announcer of the UFC. Yeah. The voice of the UFC is what they're calling him. Brother of Michael Buffer, famous boxing announcer Michael Buffer from the from the nineties. Did all those Tyson fights. Let's get let's get ready to rumble. Man. But uh, Bruce is carving his own way. Yeah, it's time. It's time. Uh, it's the craziest thing is what he'll tell us in this interview is he didn't even know he was his brother. Yeah, they that, didn't grow up together. That's that's the part I think that really blew me away about the interview. Was, yeah, was that. Um, There's a few things in this interview that he drops that c- you kind of go, "What? I didn't. There, I had no idea." Yeah. One of those is that he's 62 years old. Yeah, and the other one was he was a millionaire before he even went to the UFC. Yeah. So it's crazy. It, and to just say, hey, we're brothers. He met Michael Buffer, was like, hey, I, I'm your brother. This is our dad. You know, you should let me manage you, and I'll I'll make you bigger than you've ever been. And to, to just meet some, do you yeah. think you could do that? Meet somebody that's like, hey, I'm your brother. And then have them take over your career? Would no, you put the trust I, in that person? No, that would be crazy. I mean, the, the the guy has a ton of confidence in everything he does. So yeah. he's been pretty successful in everything he's touched. I don't think he's ever failed. The, it doesn't, doesn't seem like, like to, no. just from talking to him the short time that we had. Yeah, it's, yeah. he's been successful his whole life, which yeah. is crazy. It's you, you don't meet many people like no. that, that. Hey, man, some people have the golden touch. Everything that he touches turns to gold, so yep. you'll uh, you'll find out more about that here in the next... Uh, he, well, he said well, he only had 15 minutes for us because he was getting ready to go to a UFC event, but uh, he thought the interview was going pretty well, so we got a little extra time out yeah. of him, but... Uh, bonus time. Bonus time. We'll call that the OT. You can listen to that uh, right now. Yeah. 
It's the Casual Podcast with Brad and Brian. What is the Casual Podcast? It's just a couple of casual dudes talking about interesting things with interesting people. Here's the next episode. Hello, Bruce, is that you? Thanks for calling in. We surely appreciate this. Sure, my pleasure. Hey, Bruce, this is Brian. Hey, so I, I just recently read your book, and um, one of the things I really took away from it was uh, how highly you thought of your father and uh, how much of a badass you thought he was. Oh, yeah, to say the least. So it sounded like he uh, taught you a lot. Um, so what, what do you feel that is the most important thing that he taught you growing up? You know, he taught me how to be um, strong, how to stand up for myself, how to uh, take command of the room when you walk in, whether it's for business purposes or whatever. He basically taught me how to stand tall, be the best I can be, and just like in my podcast, to show respect to everybody around me and treat people the way I want to be treated. And it's a very firm rule, you know, to always be honest and uh, to move forward always and never back down. You know, just never back down. Stand up for what you believe and never back down. It seems like that's kind of, you know, you've taken that throughout your whole life with you. I mean, uh, you you did very well for yourself early on. I mean, with uh, starting in that uh, in the uh, telemarketing and then just kind of branching out on your own. You've you've done really well for yourself. So is that is that the mantra you've always carried with you to just when you see something that you want, go after it and and don't back down and, and don't stop until you get it? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously there comes a point in life when you realize you're either going to succeed or it's time to walk away from something. You know, and you never, in order to know how to succeed, you have to know how to fail. So you need to experience all these avenues of life. But yeah, I've carried it with me my whole life because basically when you set a goal for yourself, you go for it. Uh, My dad was a natural born leader. I feel like I've been a natural born leader. I'm always the one to jump into the fight, to go to the head of the group, to take command of the situation. Um, and it's just something that I've dealt with my whole life, whether I've run companies or I've been involved in personal endeavors. And it's an attitude that just works for me. But again, being a charger, being um, a leader mentality and moving forward, but always treating everybody as an equal and always showing respect to everybody around me. And I have a three foot theory, which is I want everybody around me to be happy, be prosperous um, and be healthy. And if I can help them to get to that point, make them money when I'm working with them, treat them right when I'm around them, then all those good feelings come back to me. It's a karmic way in which I live. I'm very spiritual. Yeah, yeah that's just a that's a great mantra that I, I'm probably going to take with myself from here on out now after reading that and, and hearing you talk about uh, how well that works thank, for you. Thank you. Works for me. That's all I can say. I think one of the other little known facts that I learned in your book was um, you didn't even really know you were related to Michael Buffer until... What, you were in your late 20s? Yeah, I was basically around 28 or 29 when um, everybody was coming up to me when boxing was getting really popular again and, and really hitting the threshold of the water cooler conversation on a Monday at the office after the great fights on the weekend. <clears throat> and out came this really handsome, you know, debonair, legendary, like, different announcer, you know, that brought this James Bond image to the ring and they chiron his name on the screen as Michael Buffer. And I'm like, whoa, who's that? Because I own telemarketing companies, my early 20s and 30s, you know, numerous companies. And before the Internet, we would look in the phone book to see if our last name was anywhere in the city. And I looked in every phone book in the United States and never saw my last name, Buffer, anywhere. Now I'm looking on the screen and it says Michael Buffer, and I'm taken aback. It's like, whoa, what the heck is this? So people start coming up to me and saying, is that your brother, you know, the guy that goes, let's get ready to rumble? And because he was becoming as popular as the fighters themselves, like Mike Tyson and everybody else. And. I'm like, no, my brother's Brian Buffer. I grew up with him my whole life. And lo and behold, 
<clears throat> after about six months or 12 months of this, I started researching and trying to find out who this guy was, and it turned out he grew up near me in Philadelphia, and more and more came about because of it. I finally asked my dad, I said, Dad, who is this guy? Everybody's coming up to me. Do you have any ideas or any relations here? And he turned to me and he said, son, I, I think that's your brother. Wow. And I went, what? <laughs> and that's when he admitted to me, <clears throat> pardon me, I'm sorry. That's when he admitted to me that uh, he was married at around the age of 20 during World War II before he went overseas. And a son was born while he was overseas. And when he came back, it was a short-term marriage, you know, a divorce ensued and he uh, sent checks off, you know, to take care of uh, his son and such. And the last time he saw him, when he was two and a half, and that turned out to be Michael Buffer. Wow. And they reunited themselves, got along great. We all got along great. And four years after I met my half-brother, Michael Buffer, I became his manager and business partner. And that's when this whole adventure became a reality. So was it a hard sell for you to convince him to let you be his manager? Not a hard sell, because basically I was at the Riddick Bow of Vander Holyfield fight November 13th, 1992, when they first fought, I saw everybody go crazy over Michael when he started saying and doing his thing, and when he went into his rumble and seeing people like Jack Nicholson and Hulk Hogan going nuts. And I thought to myself, you know, I went to my room and I wrote down three pages of notes, put them on the basketball court, the football fields, film, TV, make video games, let's get ready to rumble, music, songs, you name it. And I met with him and I said, you know, you haven't even done so much as make a t-shirt or, or trademark this phrase properly. I want to make you richer and more famous than you ever dreamed, or myself in the process, hopefully. But to do that, I need to sell these two companies that I'm doing great at, but I'm burned out. I'm making incredible money, but I'm burned out. And I want to do something I'm passionate about. So let me take this over. I'll be your partner. I'll be your business manager. And I'll make all this happen. He said, well, how are you going to do all this? I said, I don't know. But I'll figure it out. If I'm going to give all this up, you know, at a beach house, living, you know, incredible, everything. And not that I never walked away from that, but I walked away from the money and the cash flow I had to keep that alive. And I quit with the money I had in the bank, and I went for it, and lo and behold, we're here today. Uh, you and Michael's announcing style are uh, polar opposite of each other. And, and I've read that, it, that you've said that uh, the Bruce Buffer in the Octagon is, is just kind of a character. Um, so how does that differ from the Bruce Buffer at home um, on a Tuesday night with family and friends? Well, it's a good question. Basically, I'm not sitting in my living room roaring out my friends and family's <laughs> right. names and, you know, pass the salt or whatever. <laughs> when I say it's like this, that is Bruce Buffer in the Octagon. That is me, okay? But it's me with my passion coming out, my adrenaline exploding, and, you know, roaring the names and the stats and the situations that are happening in the Octagon of these great female and male warriors that I so highly respect. And it's something I love. So I, you know, I walk in a, I kid, kid a people, I walk in a phone booth, I come out in the tux, but trust me, that's me. But I don't walk around all day long announcing like right. that. That's, that's, that, that's me turning it on. Right. So, I mean, it's kind of like pro wrestlers. They say some of the pro wrestlers are, are, it's them, but just amped up a little bit. So that's kind of what, what you are. It's, it's basically like any performer, whether it's a rock star, a singer, you know, a comedian like Joe Rogan taking the stage. When it's your time to go on and shine, you have to take it to a different level right. or another level. But it's still you. It's still you. Bottom line. And so you mentioned that, you know, you think very highly of, of the fighters uh, in the cage mm -hmm. with you. Uh, and, and you spoke very highly of, like, Tito and Chuck and, and Randy in the book. So I know you have to be kind of... Uh, partisan of you know you can't root for a single person but is there somebody that you really root for their character or just you know who, who is your favorite fighter well i gotta remember i've announced pretty much everybody in the game 
yeah. you know, um, whether they've fallen out of the UFC and into Bellator or other organizations, I've pretty much announced everybody in the game. So I have tremendous respect for everybody. And I have more favorite fighters than I can name. So it's a very fair but unfair question for me after 24 years come February announcing in the octagon longer than anybody in this game. Um, bottom line, I can't say one favorite fighter. I can't even say one favorite fight because I've seen everything. Sure. And I've seen all the great fights and all the great fighters. So it'd be more like name some great fights, name some great fighters, but not one individual with respect to everybody that's put their blood, sweat, and tears in the line in the octagon. Right. Well, I mean, and, and you, you speak very highly of Randy in the book, and he's the yes. only person that you've ever bowed to when, when yes. announcing him. It, it, do you see that happening again? Is there a, is there a fighter that you would that you see that you would bow to and give that respect to? I mean, all of them obviously, but but Randy was such a a great uh, leader for the UFC and everything. But it, so, is there another person that you see coming up that might be like that? At this time, <clears throat> I see a lot of people that deserve the utmost from me. But as far as what Randy brought to the table and the era of the UFC and where we were at and how he helped us get there along with everybody else that helped us get there. At this point in time, I don't see anybody that you'll see me bow to. Not that I wouldn't. You know, John Jones goes another 10 years, 5, 10 years, and creates all the greatness he possibly can. Yeah, I can see that happening um, at a time when I think they're about to retire. Because the only reason I did that for Randy is, like I said in the book, he mentioned to me slightly before that this could be his last fight. Right. And after all that we've been through together, and Randy and I have been through a lot, even outside the UFC together, um, I felt that this was my way to pay homage to him and his great career. Uh, nothing is really grabbing me. I don't see anybody that, I'm not saying doesn't deserve it, but I would never want to cheapen that move. It'd have to be the <clears throat> highlight of one of the greatest martial artists that's about to retire that's ever entered the octagon. And there are ones in the making, there's no question. So it's kind of, it would have to happen in the moment, kind of like the the, the mm -hmm. buffer three sixty or the one eighty. I never rehearse. Right. I rarely plan ahead. So so I gotta I I do it when it grabs me, and that's that's when it's organic. That's when it works the best, in my opinion. More natural that way. Yeah, it's not it's not you weren't thinking about it all week up until then and having to perfect no. it. No, no, so, natural for the natural. Hey Bruce, just uh just. Couple more uh, quick questions here for you, and appreciate your time. So, where's your favorite place to uh, have a fight? Uh, in an elevator. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you're one to know in the elevator, right? Yeah, I'm one to know. I might be more than one to know, but I won't talk about the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like fighting in small places. <laughs> uh, as far as you know, let's see. Um, every country has its own flavor. And again, we get back to there's not one outstanding. Let me give you a couple, okay? okay? Obviously, Canada is rabid. The Canadian fans, they love their UFC. And when you're in Montreal or the big arenas like in Rogers Arena with 55,000, you know, in Toronto, the night I blew my ACL announcing George St. Pierre. I mean, even though I blew my ACL, the excitement in that arena was incredible. Anytime you're in the UK, anytime you're in Ireland or Scotland, um, the, the crowds of 10,000 sound like 30,000. And, of course, in Brazil... You know, where Portuguese people will be yelling out, this is the main event of the evening, or and now, or it's time with me as I'm announcing and doing it exactly as I do with my inflection. It's amazing. I, I Every country has their own flair, you know, and I respect and enjoy everywhere I go. 
Now, if they've got a casino and a good poker table, maybe I'll enjoy it a little more than some other cities. <laughs> so we'll see. So that was that was one of my other questions. I, I am way too ADD to, to play poker for an extended period of time. So what is it about poker that makes you sit there for, you know, hours on end and, 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 and trying to win that gold bracelet? Why, and why do you love poker so much? Well, I have tremendous uh, patience, right? So patience is key. If you have ADD, I'm going to tear you apart at the poker table. I'm going to wait till you get weak or impatient. I'll wait for that key hand. Usually a guy like me or guys that are much better than me, they'll, they'll eat you guys up, right? Yeah. But there's a lot of ADD in poker players. A lot of the young kids around today, because of today's society, in my opinion, and all the technology, everything, we're creating ADD in a lot of kids, a lot of people. Totally agree. Um, yeah, it's like you, we used to read magazines that had articles that were three, four, and five pages, and now they're half-page blurbs. Because it's all quick fix, quick fix, quick fix, right? On to the next thing. Anyway, that's a whole nother... Yeah, you're with me, I can tell. No, I was going to say, like, 140 uh, characters or less. Yeah, that's what everyone's wanting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's even in romance. I mean, there's no conversation on the phone. and All the things I grew up and made, getting to know somebody so special. You know, it's a little harder these days. But at any rate, at that rate... Oh, okay, so with poker and the ADD part of it, a lot of people that play poker today are ADD. And um, maybe it creates excitement then. For me, it's the competitive effect. I don't compete and surf the big waves like I used to surf and go out you know, anymore. I'm not sparring like I used to and doing the stuff that excited me in the martial arts realm and uh, you know, fighting back and forth and such. And so the competitiveness that I get is from other areas. So when I'm at the poker table, I enjoy the mental edge, the mental conflict and mental uh, competition that happens because a lot of fighting and poker mental similarities are the same. When to be offensive, when to be defensive, when to go for all his chips and put your chips at risk. Just like knocking somebody out, you either get knocked out or you knock them out when you're in a fight, okay? Mm-hmm. So it fulfills my competitive edge, plus I love winning money and I love the game. <laughs> I can literally play poker for 10 hours a day, no problem. Wow, that's see, it, it's just not something I could do. Uh, I can barely sit through a movie. Uh, I mean, I'm I don't I'm not diagnosed with ADD, but I just yeah I have to keep moving and doing something. And uh, I know you're a big movie guy as well, and you know you have your favorites, Enter the Dragon, and all the classic fight ones. But what is your guilty pleasure movie uh, or genre? Some of the old films are great. I mean, my favorite film of all time, which I have the original movie poster of that means so much to me, is a Christmas movie you can watch on TV around now called It's a Wonderful Life. Right. I love that movie. That movie means a lot to me. There's another film that meant a lot to me, and if you watch it, it's it's a story of men amongst men, you know, being men and and uh, living beyond their guns and uh, changing times in the West, but there's a lot of meaning behind it. It's a film by Sam Peckinpah called The Wild Bunch. Made in 1968, if I'm not mistaken. And that's one of my favorite films of all time. You know, I look at films, I grew up enamored of certain actors and using them as role models, wanted to be an actor as a kid. But my dad also taught me a lot about movies and how to learn at that time from film. And remember, when I grew up, we didn't have the internet. We had three TV channels. We had black and white. And movies was a big thing for us back then. Going to a movie was a very, very special thing. When movies opened up, like even Star Wars back in the 60s, people were lined up around the block to get into that movie at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. It was different. Where today we have our home theaters and everything else, but <clears throat> my dad used to read poetry to me. We talked film, we talked news. You know, Again, the communication levels amongst families and growing up, which is really beneficial to what helped me get to where I am today, um, they are and they do not exist in today's households. It's a, just a different, a different way of growing up. 
And film had a lot to do with that for me and many, many other people my age and generations after me, uh, even up till now. But it's a bit different now than it used to be. Uh, people don't sit around the dinner table anymore and just have conversations, um, you know, like they used to. It's which to me is kind of too bad and really sad. It's a real shame when I'm around young kids. Hi, how are you? And they don't even look me in the eye. And I'm thinking, you know, you can shake somebody's hand, look it in the eyes. What I train my boys to do and stuff like that. It's like it's going to get you ahead in life. It's going to get you far in life. You know, you got to let people know you're in the room. Bottom line. All right. If you if you if you're ambitious, it's better what you want to go for in life. But it will always help you out. It's just a respect thing too that I think is lacking in today's world. Exactly, sir. I mean, I I'm, I'm only 35 years old, and I feel like I'm not old yet. But I but I still know that <laughs> like that's just a respectful thing to do and and be. Well, you're a generation now that is looking at another generation coming after you. So you're going to realize something I never thought I would ever realize until I realized it, and it's called a generation gap. And yep. it will happen. You're seeing it now. Yeah, no, I, I remember sitting at a bar one time and going, holy crap, I'm the oldest person in here, and I'm like 33 years old, and I felt terrible. <laughs> hey, I'm 62. You imagine how I feel well, sometimes, hey, you're it's still, all good. I, you're still out there living a good life, man, uh, all those after parties, and, and you're doing what you want. So it's, it's, it's really awesome to see that, that it won't Thanks, stop. If, if, you know, if that's what you want to do, you can still have that at 62 years old. Listen, there's two ways to lead life, and, and, all, and no matter how you choose it, it's all good. You either work for somebody and you, you know, you're you're helping them and working with them and have a good job and going forward, or you're an entrepreneur and you create a lifestyle for yourself. So when you wake up in the morning, you're living a life by design. And when you go to work, whatever that work is, it's really not work. It's your life. It's your lifestyle. So you're dictating your own lifestyle. You're being your own God, which is called governor of your own destiny. And that works for me. And I, again, I just show respect to everybody. When I say God bless you, I'm not a religious person, I'm spiritual. Mm -hmm. But when I say God bless you, there's a lot of different religions out there. So whoever your God is, I hope they bless you. I'm really sincere about that, you know? Yeah, I, I remember you in the book saying that uh, you did the cross and, and, and before you enter the cage and you get some, some lurks and some, and some laughs. But, you know, it's right there. I mean, like you said, you're just praying for everyone no matter who you pray to. Uh, you're just yeah, hoping not, they look it, after you. Absolutely. It's not the cross. What I do is... <clears throat> What I do, because I'm not Catholic, I don't I make the sign of the cross, but what I, what I do is, before I enter the octagon, you'll always see me do a slight bow, just like when you're in a dojo before you get on the mat. Right. I've had so much martial arts experience in my life that it's, it's all about respect. And that's what we're taught in dojos, even at the youngest age, in standard traditional martial arts. And that should never go away, because that's what it's all about. That's why when people are disrespectful, fighter to fighter in the octagon and things that I've seen that I don't like, I'm very outspoken about it. Well, that's, I mean, and, and as you should be, I mean, and, and, you know, helping John Jones along the way and, and you know, telling him, hey, you, you can't be out here without no money and f trying to find a cab or an ATM or whatever. I mean, it seems like you've kind of fathered a lot of the fighters along the way, too, when you see something that, or, or they're doing something that you don't don't think they should be doing. I try to do my best through teaching them through experience. You know, some people consider me Uncle Bruce or Uncle Bob, so... Whatever it is, bottom line, we're one big family, and we're all doing what we need to do to stay together and be strong and represent the sport and the UFC the way it should be. Right. So, uh, final question: What's next for Bruce? Uh, I mean, you, are, how long do you continue? Are you going to continue to announce and, and do all your other endeavors? Uh, and what, where do you see yourself in the next ten years? Well, I see myself pretty much doing the same thing I'm doing. I still consider I'll be in the octagon to whatever level in ten years. Um, at the same time, there's other business endeavors. I got some big announcements coming out in 2020, but I don't like to talk about anything until it's 
signed, sealed, delivered, and ready to go. And I'm going to keep working along what I do because, again, what I've done is I spent the last 27 years of my life leaving multiple endeavors that I was making a lot of money in, changing over to a new endeavor in sports and entertainment. And with my brother Michael, you know, being his manager and partner and everything I've built here with the It's Time brand and myself, it's just keeping it keeping it rolling. You know, all businesses are the same. It's just the product is different. But when you love what you do, there's no reason to stop what you do unless you can't physically or mentally do what you do. And until that happens, I'm going to keep doing what I do. Yeah, man, that's great. Um, I, I can't wait to see you keep announcing and uh, do a Bruce Buffer uh, 360 at the age of 72. <laughs> we'll see what happens, my friend. I have one ACL on one leg and none in the other. Well, I can still jump higher than most. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I blew one, had a fix. I blew the other one, haven't had a fix. And uh, just keep training, you know, because I'm too busy training and doing everything I need to do to stay on the road. But um, I can still jump higher than most, but I'm not going to risk that in the octagon anymore. <laughs> it's all good. You never know with me, though. You never know. You right? never know what I'm going to do till I do it. You never know. It's, a, it's all just a, I, ne- just a I never know. Not you never know. I never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if it happens, it happens, right? I'll be keeping an eye out for it, though, for sure. Sounds good. I appreciate it very much. Thanks Thanks for the interview, and the questions are very cool. I really appreciate it. Happy holidays. Wish you all the best. Also, too, for everybody out there that wants to have a, uh, a lifetime keepsake, if you're into it, if you enjoy my announcing, what we do is we have a special at BruceBuffer.com where we do championship introductions on audio files and video files. We make them very inexpensive compared to what I've been paid for these things. Mm-hmm. And partial proceeds go to animal children and military charities. Oh, wow. So just go to BruceBuffer.com and check it out, and, and you'll get a recording like you're in the cage being announced as a champion. Trust me, if you're a UFC fan, the thank you notes we get for these things, it actually brings tears to our eyes. Uh, People you, are ecstatic. You've done a couple for a wedding, haven't you? Tons of weddings. I do tons of weddings, birth of babies, podcast intros, business recordings, you name it. Uh, from the smallest, most personal thing to the biggest business things you can imagine. And for sports teams, football, baseball, you name it, anything. I'm game for everything, my friend. So, so whatever it is, you'll do it. And uh, you also want to follow you on. Uh, you're you're very active on Twitter at Bruce Buffer. Uh, you're on Instagram as well. Are you on uh, Facebook or uh, or Snapchat or yeah, any other stuff? Not Snapchat. I have a Facebook. I don't really answer anything in Facebook. It's more of a fan page. But Instagram is at Bruce Buffer UFC, and that's the main my, my main show right there. And okay. my Instagram posts go through to Twitter, of course. Perfect. All right. Well, I, again, uh, you don't know how much this means to me, Bruce. It, it, I, it really does mean a lot. And I, I have met you once or twice. I think it was USA versus Canada back in Vegas a long time ago. You were uh, very generous with everyone. And uh, I know you, that is something that you try to do uh, for everyone. And it really does mean a lot for the fans. And so I just want to thank you for that as well. Very cool. Truly my pleasure, my friend. Truly my pleasure. All right. Thank you, Bruce. Uh, hopefully we'll talk down the road. All right, you got it. You yeah, safe travels. Have a happy holiday. Thank you. Thank you as you. well. Bye-bye. Well, there it is. An interview with Bruce Buffer. Yeah. Every time we do one of these interviews, I it blows my mind that we actually got Swayze Valentine or Bruce Buffer, Dave the Voice Boys, or, or Jeff Kerpus. Yeah, we're on a pretty good run, man. We're just a couple of knuckleheads that had an idea <laughs> of doing a podcast, and here we are doing it with with famous people. Yeah, yeah, not... The guy from the corner. It's, yeah. it's actually like people that other people know. So that's that's the cool part. And what was great about this is he told us that he only had fifteen minutes because I think you could hear it there. He was packing. He he literally just got back from Brazil 
I don't know if he was doing a fight. He was down there for a poker tournament, and then he was coming back to Vegas where he lives or California and then getting ready to head out east yeah. for, for a UFC event. So he only had 15 minutes, but it was going pretty well, and we, we kept him an extra, like, five, ten minutes, yeah. and, and he was totally cool with it. We could have gone an hour with him. Oh, yeah, he's another guy that, well, it's like a lot of our other podcasts, you know, you hour, hour and a half into it, and you don't realize it. I mean, he's he's got, got a ton of stories, man. Very I, interesting life, that guy lives. We didn't even hit the tip of the iceberg no. on, on the stories that he has. Definitely be a guy have on again absolutely yeah. if he would be willing to do it oh my god you know he was just such a kick in the pants and he was so nice so down to earth yeah and just what a, a crazy life he's had yeah I, you know the the things that struck me about him that i i guess i mean you know you see people on tv but you don't really know him until you have an opportunity to kind of talk to him yeah how confident he was, how positive he was. He's a pretty deep dude. Yeah. I mean, he's way deeper than I thought that I'd ever know about him. I mean, some of the stuff we talked about and some of the, the answers he had. Yeah. I mean, he's 62 years old. Yeah. That he, I don't want to yeah. say it's old, but, man, he's seen a lot of things. No, nah, man, 60... he's, he's pretty old school on some stuff, yeah. man. But, I mean, but just, it, it's, it's, it's a good old school. Just he's... Like he said in there, where uh, one of his favorite movies, it was about men being men. I feel like that's yeah. him. He just <laughs> he wants to get back to those days of just God. That's a guy being a guy. He's smoking a cigar and you know living his life, and it's a yeah. it's a fantastic thing for him. I, I don't. I there's not enough things I could say about how happy I was to talk to Bruce Buffer yeah. and just how cool he was and how down to earth he was yeah. with us. Down to earth. That's another. Yeah, that's that, another good. With all the success he's had in his life, he could yeah. have totally been a, a, a jerk to us and and just kind of blown us off. And yeah, or even his, just gave us 10 minutes. 10 minutes and or just his generic answers that he probably gets all the time yeah. or gives all the time, you know. Well, and I think we're the ones that were like, hey, you know, a couple more questions. Hey, last question. And he just kind of kept going. So that that tells you that he was he was, he was into it, it. yeah, yeah. Yep. and and you know and we we always try to come up with different questions we don't want to i mean we have to hit sure. on the stuff that you know they have to answer or they've yeah. answered a million times but i think our niche there is we like to you know maybe throw a curveball at yeah. somebody every now yep. and then and yep. get a make some think a little bit yeah and then i think they also enjoy the fact that it's just not the same 10, 20 questions that they get at interview after interview after interview. Yeah, it's not like so, a movie star that yep. sits at a press junket and gets, you know, yeah. one after another for yeah. four hours, and they're just yeah. trying to entertain themselves at that point. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, it, it went well, and, you know, I'm looking forward to the next uh, next one. Yeah. Episode four in the books. Uh, it's episode four? I mean, it, we did take that time off. We obviously recorded that uh, before the holidays, but yeah. we just didn't have time to, to get it up yet, so, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, so uh, it's the new year. We're starting this off. We're hoping to do two a month. And uh, yep. again, we want to thank our uh, our sponsor, Town Nissan. Yeah, that, thank you. That totally makes this possible. If you are in the market for a new car or a used vehicle, Town Nissan is the place to check out. You always want to stay local when you're shopping for cars because you know where they come from. You hate going over, over to like Seattle or something, and then they're like, oh, yeah, this car is great. And then you get it back and realize that it's a lemon. Yeah. So, you, you, or they've already sold it by the time you get over there. Yeah, exactly. I've had I've had that happen yep. to people that I know. They're like, "Oh yeah, sorry," and then they're stranded over there. So yeah, you want to shop local. Town Nissan is the way to do it. They have great cars. Uh, you can find them online at townnissan.com. You can also check them out uh, over in East Wenatchee, right behind Costco. 